Well, good morning all as we joyfully gather on this Tuesday in the 17th week of Ordinary Time. We've been in the 13th chapter of Matthew. We began on that last week. We'll continue this entire week through Friday in the 13th chapter. And it's purposeful in the designers of our lectionary because this 13th chapter is, uh, marks a demarcation, if you will, in Matthew's gospel from 13 through the end, 28. Matthew, the writer, will give us multiple uh, encounters where Christ is speaking very definitively between the children of the kingdom and the children of the devil. He tries emphatically to get that point across. The Gospel of Matthew is is designed or organized, if you will, into five great teaching moments in 13 through 28. Give us three of those, and they are very specific in Christ making very clear in his teaching the difference between the two kingdoms, if you will. And today's narrative is the explanation of the parable he gave about in the field where seed is sown and upsprings weeds and good, good crops, wheat in this case. And you heard me say, I think last week, that that weed species, in fact, was a known species called Darnell that looks a lot like wheat. It's almost indiscernible to those who don't know wheat from Darnell. It looks the same to us non-farmers. But this gospel is so important in its teaching and Maybe others of us have had that encounter in life, whether it was a parent or maybe a a sports coach or a music instructor, someone who says to us that something very important they want to teach us. So they may say, listen, sit down a minute. I want to explain something to you. (laughs) Maybe a parent has done that. Listen, I need you to listen to this. You need to hear what I'm telling you. We've had those moments in life. Maybe it's a spouse who says that to us. Listen, you need to understand this. Well, Christ is doing that today. Here, as our gospel narrative ended, He who has ears to hear ought to hear. And this is what he's trying to tell us. And I want to focus in the the respectable amount of time we have for a daily homily on that to discuss this because what Jesus is saying is that you're either of the kingdom of God or you're not. You're either of the kingdom of God or you're not. So let's perhaps understand a few principles. Number one, every life created is born of God. There is no human life created. In fact, there's no creation created that is not of our Father's intent. So every human born into existence is born through the will of the Father. And we believe in our Christian teaching and our Catholic faith that there's no one born evil. That's not true. You're not born evil. We can choose to deny the truth of Christ, but we are not born evil. There's a very big distinction between those two ideas. So every human born is born of God, and every human born has, ideally, in the outworking of their life, the ability to understand the truth of a creator God. We know that, Paul tells us that so eloquently in Romans, where in his first chapter, all of us, through the outworking of our life, at some point, can come to the understanding that God exists through created world. We can see the existence of God through the created world. So those who would claim there is no God are just simply walking in ignorance. There's no excuse, Paul says that, there is no excuse for one who would deny the existence of God. They're not looking. But in this passage today, Jesus is trying to tell his disciples and ultimately us, they say to him, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. And Jesus gives them that answer. He who sows good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, the world in which we live. And the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. So 
Let's again revisit that idea. We are born through God's will, none of us born evil, but we may choose to not live as the good seed. We may choose to abandon God. Let me draw a couple of definitional distinctions as well. In our Catholic faith, in the history of our church, we hear these different terms. One is a heretic and one is an apostate, right? Someone who practices heresy and one who practices apostasy. Let's draw the distinction. A heretic is one who continues to live within the faith of the Catholic Church or Christian Church, but denies a doctrinal truth. So a heretic is one who stays within the community of faith. They claim their Christian or Catholic identity. They haven't abandoned it. But there's a particular teaching or principle that they deny or reject. That's a heretic. And by the way, that's a formal distinction. We don't get to say so-and-so is a heretic. No, no, no. That's a formal decree from the magisterium decides whether or not someone is teaching a heretical idea and they are often brought into correction and if they reject that correction then that possibility results in them being named a heretic. It's a very formal and involved process. Someone preaching apostasy is one who denies the Christian message entirely. They deny Jesus as the Son of God. This is a person who's been raised in the faith They've grown up in the faith. They've been exposed to the gospel truth. But they now deny the truth of Christianity. They deny it. Jesus is not the Son of God or that the church at large is fraudulent or wrong. That's an apostate. And that's someone we need to be in prayer about. We need to be in prayer for ourselves in our own imperfect walk in faith. That's where it starts on bended knee, doesn't it? But we need to be in particular prayer for an apostate because they've been exposed to the truth of the gospel. They were born good seed, and they have rejected that for the bad seed. They are choosing to deny Jesus Christ. That's an apostate. Why is that important? Because right now, we're in a tumultuous time in our nation, aren't we? Where a lot of, a lot of things are being amplified and discussed, and, and sometimes not discussed, being yelled about. We're experiencing that. And that's not new. That's gone on through the course of the human story. But in recent weeks, uh, there is a, a commentary that's begun to circulate that suggests that the Christian faith at large, or the Catholic Church in particular, is founded on an oppressive idea or is a racist organization. Some of you may have seen commentary to that. Let me just be very clear, speaking formally from the ambo, vested as a priest. That is speech of the evil one flat out, if a person claims the idea that Christianity at large or the Catholic Church in specific is an evil organization, the person claiming that is quite potentially locked on to an evil idea. They have, been, they have, been, they have adhered themselves to the devil's speech, period. I, I'm not going to be shy about that. And our prayer and our compassion is to help that person realize how, how flawed that idea is. To claim that Jesus Christ himself founded an organization of willful oppression is dangerous because that risks becoming an apostate. And apostates do not have a good outcome if they are not corrected. None of us know the mercy of God. None of us know the bounds of his mercy. All of us fall before him on bended knee and will. One day as our natural life comes to an end and we plead with mercy for ourselves first, for our own heirs. It is correct to say that in the Catholic Church and Christianity at large, there are many who claim that 
banner of Christianity or name Catholic and have done things that aren't good. That's true. We are imperfect beings who make imperfect decisions that result in harm to people. That is true, whether it's in our, to ourselves, to our immediate family, our loved ones, our community. That's true. People can be Catholic and do awful things. That is true. But to claim that the faith itself is, is of evil origin, that's very dangerous talk. And I speak to that now, not to add more inflamed rhetoric, but to be, be hopefully helpful in that in times of great confusion, it's important to reground ourselves in the word and return to the fundamentals and be, uh, be aligned and, 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 and centered and immersed in the gospel and in the teachings of the church and not be caught up in some of this externality that's confusing and inflamed and, and errant. And so let's go forth joyfully in the faith, prayerfully for all of ourselves and for all of those who are caught up in this turmoil. But if we encounter that dialogue, if we see it, you need to turn away from it. And if someone close to you is wondering, I wonder if it's true, I think the appropriate response is simply that, well, there are certainly people under the banner of Christianity or Catholicism who've done awful things. That is true as imperfect beings. But to claim that a church founded, established by Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the creator of all things, created an evil, that, that's just very dangerous thinking. And we need, to welcomely, we need to kindly and welcomely bring that person back into an alignment because that thinking is very dangerous to to any organization, to any community, and to any nation. Final thought on that, you guys know I love history. So, um, something important to remember, that the law of the Western world is found in the Judeo-Christian heritage. And actually it was Theodosius II in 429 who created, and he chartered, because he was the emperor, who chartered what's called the Codex Theodosius. That text, took nine years to develop, was a codification, a, uh, an accumulation, if you will, of all of the legal code that had developed in the first 300 years of the, emperor, of the empire. As it began to grow, the Roman Empire then in 312 becomes Christianized, of course, through Constantine, allowing Christianity to exist, and ultimately it's made the, Christianity's made the religion of the state. What Theodosius II did was, was collect all of that teaching and law and legal jurisprudence and organize it into the structuring laws of the empire. And from that develops then, as you know, your own history through the Middle Ages and ultimately into the modern era, the legal codes that we have today. So it is fair and true and right to say that Western European culture and ultimately North American law is grounded in a Christian code, that is true. So to suggest that Christianity itself is fundamentally evil is to suggest that the entire Western world is grounded in a flawed or evil construct. That's how dangerous that kind of thinking is. That's how dangerous it is. It says the entire foundations upon which society exists are now flawed or subject to question. They're subject to improvement, they're not necessarily subject to a question. Let's go forward in faith as we enter now into the liturgy of the Eucharist. 
We here, so privileged to be here as Catholics celebrating the sacrifice of the Mass, have the encounter now with the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, and it's our privilege to receive Him, to be emboldened by Him, and with generosity and kindness, bring that truth out into an aching and questioning world. Amen.